Hello, Matt. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you, Matt. Very well indeed. Nice and refreshed from a lack of golf in my life uh, for the past <laughs> month or so. How about yourself? Yeah, yeah, great. Um, not so much a lack of golf for me. Uh, still at the hard, hard at the grind wheel, Matt. So um, <laughs> you know, hey, successfully, um, Matt. Successfully, a lovely week for you last week. Yeah, good win with KH Lee or TPC Lee, as they call him. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah uh, just just looked at him last week and thought. Gee, he played well the year before at, at that at that tournament. Uh, I remember watching him play that win that tournament the year before and thinking, man, he looked so comfortable and in the zone. And I thought, I'll have another nudge on him this year at this TPC um, at Craig Ranch because I just he just looked so happy playing there. And I thought, yeah, it's a lot steeper uh, the opposition this year, but. Uh, he was a little up. I noticed a couple of little upticks in form with him as well, and as uh, trending upwards. And I uh, just thought he'll get on the course which he's won on before. He'll feel good. He'll feel happy, and and he looked the absolute personification of all of that on Sunday, didn't he? He looked really comfortable yeah, and in control. And you know, as I said, I've not watched a great deal of golf, but I did um, just as I, I think Spieth hit it fairly close on, on the par three with a couple of holes to go. Um, and I was scrolling Twitter, so I flicked it on. But, I mean, to talk KH Lee, it is some going because those sorts of tournaments are so hard, even for elite golfers to win, right? Because it's yeah. just a bit of a lottery. You've got to score in bunches and then some. And I think he yeah. won both times. What was it? 26 under he won this one and he was 25 under the year before. It's yeah. just... I mean, it's it's ridiculous ball. It's ridiculous scoring, isn't it? To roll that many birdies in and to be the top man of 130, 140 men, two on the spin. What's averaging like seven and a half under par or something daft? Seven under par. Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you a question about that kind of course. What do you think about that kind of course where it's just people are rolling in birdies for fun? I, I think there's a time and a place for it. I would like it if. The problem for me is that it wasn't just KH Lee at 26 under par, was it? It no, was everyone. about the top yeah. 20 were all 20 under par. So maybe yeah. not exactly, but they were significantly. Yeah. And at, at that point, it's almost like a little... You have to get very lucky to win in that situation. Whereas there are some of the courses they play through the year where you may get a 20-plus winner or a 20-under winner, but there's more separation in the field. I thought... I only had... As I said, I didn't watch loads, but... The, I'm not an enormous fan of the course. It seemed a bit, a bit bland. Not much to it um, at TPC Potomac, but I mean, it takes some to win still. But I just think there was, there wasn't enough interesting about that course to make golfers think, perhaps. So it did become a bit of a hit the greens, hold your putts, and then see who finishes the lowest. Yeah, it was, I noticed that Justin Thomas uh, was kind of. I wouldn't call him disparaging, but he um, he kind of talked it down a little bit and said it, it's a little bit too easy, and uh, and it, you know it gets a little bit of a just a bit of a crapshoot out there after a while. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do find it fascinating though that I mean it's not often Peter Malnati finishes in the top ten, is it? But I always find it fascinating because even looking at that leaderboard, as much as it almost looked at one point on Saturday like it was a bit of a 
a bit of a major leaderboard, didn't it? There was some some really elite names up, but you've kind of yeah. got sprinkled in there. James Hahn, Davis Riley, Peter Malati. Yeah. Of, it's, it's almost like quite an interesting leaderboard. I mean, KH Lee winning, you've got, um, well, our old boy, Seb Munoz, Munoz coming in. Yeah. But then yeah. in the first there, you've got Speed, you've got Shoffley, you've got Thomas. So yeah. I don't yeah. know, it makes for almost an interesting leaderboard. I mean, you'd know better than me if when you watched the whole tournament, but I don't know, it didn't scream like it played like an interesting board. Absolutely fine for you, of course, if you if you are the winner. You don't need it interesting when your boy's out front, do you? Yeah, but but he he, he wasn't guaranteed that he was out front. In fact, he really kind of only just kind of pulled away in the last probably three or four holes where he just going to gap the field a little bit and Munoz had a big chance at an eagle um, that he missed and ended up rolling it in for birdie but it was a very very makeable eagle putt mm-hmm. uh, and if he did hold that he would have been tied with Lee uh, and uh, so he uh, and then he just and then Lee birdied another one and he and he didn't and, and just Munoz he had his chance to win that. So did Jordan Spieth. Um, he had multiple chances, uh, the two of them. So I like I, I liked it. I not you know, obviously I was nice because <laughs> I won, but I liked it for the fact that it, it, yeah, I wouldn't want to see it every week, um, that kind of tournament. But it's there, there's a balance to strike between them grinding hard and, and, and trying to get under par and it being a real test and, and it getting sometimes a little bit brutal and kind of ugly sometimes. Yeah. And then this this extreme of just it's like silly uh, silly money for these guys. It, it's just yeah. funny, um, and 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 they're having you know they're 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 having fun out there on the course. That pretty looks like it's a pretty you know a, a, just a pretty decent club golfers course. Yeah. So what do you um, make of it with the this time in the year? I I always find it quite funny that the because of the stature of Augusta, it's kind of typical, isn't it? The one they play before Augusta almost mimics some of the aspects of it, and the same way yeah. open everyone comes over plays the Scottish before it. It seems. Yeah. Uh, kind of con- uh, contrarian, doesn't it, to play one of these and then go to Southern Hills, which by all accounts is going to be really quite a tricky course. Yeah, I, d- I don't know where... Th- I just think they're trying to just shove them in where they can at the moment. Uh, I, I, you know, I think they're trying to get... It's still past, you know, COVID and the, the first year past COVID, they're trying to trying to get everything rolling and, and have those majors one a year, which I like the majors one a year, one a year, one a month. I think that, you know, the the majors one a month is a good sort of scheme. I, it's never going to be quite perfect. To, and, but I, as, as you say, they do try and mimic the course or get it sort of tooled up to somewhere to, where it's going to be a bit harder the week before. And then it's going to be even harder the week of the major. Well, obviously not this, this week. And, uh, but I mean, the, 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 the leaderboard, as you say, people were out there trying to talk, tune up their games before Southern Hills on a course, which, and I think that's what Justin Thomas was alluding to. I think he was saying, look, this doesn't do anyone any favors, you know, the, uh, the week before a major when we're, 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 we're going around for fun here. So, you know, it, it, look, it was, it was, uh, you can't have it all always. They're going to have to, you know, shove these tournaments where, where they can. But, um, yeah, I'll just run down the leaderboard actually. So, KH Lee finished on, on nine under on the final round and 26 under. Spieth one shot back on 25 under. Um, Munoz one shot back on 24 under. Uh, and he was tied with Hideki Matsuyama, who was also on 24 under. Then Xander Schofle, who had a massive uh, 11 under final round um, to finish 23 under, uh, tied fifth with Justin Thomas. Uh, and with Ryan Palmer, 
Carl Swartzel continues his revival. God, I don't know where that guy's come from, but uh, came from the clouds and the masters, and he's and he's still going. So good on him. Uh, he is uh, he was he finished um, eighth on twenty two under. Uh, John Hahn is another guy that seems to have come from risen like Lazarus, um, and he's come f- uh, from the from the dead. That guy t- tied on ninth on twenty one under um, with Peter Malnati, as you say, not a name you see often, but he, he's there and thereabouts, isn't he? But um, obviously, like the easier conditions. Uh, Davis Riley, I really like this kid's swing. I, I really rate this Davis Riley. I think he's going to be a, a, a big a big name in the, in the not-too-distant future. And then Christian Bezaden Hote, uh, Matt Kucher, Alex Norrin, they all sort of uh, finished on tied 12th on 20 under. So, um, yeah, a, a, a good week, an interesting week. Um, but let's now let's really talk about what we're actually here to talk about, which is um, the second major of the year, the PGA Championship preview. So, uh, I'm going to let you have a little bit of a, 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 a sort of a go for you learnt um, from all of your because you know you're the guy that does all the all the data and the analytics and all that sort of stuff. So, what have you learnt in the last few days, Matt, of actually searching the the, the data out on this course and how it shapes to 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 players in this field? Yeah, I'd, I mean, I've done a, a stunted version of my usual research, but. It, I quite like this for a major um, at Southern Hills. Um, players are quite um, clear in what they think about it, which is nice. Um, mostly they think um, good things, and a lot of the, the interviews and stuff I've gone through, they seem to really enjoy this course. But yeah. I think it is going to have a very specific skill set. Um, it, it's long for a par 70. It's um, very long for is, a par 70. Seven and a half thousand yeah. yards for a par 70. And, yeah. and two... Two six hundred yard plus par fives. Yeah, I'm, I mean that's probably a point for another day, but I don't like them. I don't. There's unless it's ridiculously hard and fast, it, you can't really hit them in two. So no. I mean, maybe I'll be proved wrong, but I mean I don't really see it. It's like the the five hundred plus yard par four, isn't it? Like it's yeah. It it's got a couple really of them as well. Yeah, I mean there's there's loads. So I mean I have a quick look. Obviously, even the par threes are quite long. Three of yeah. them are above. Um, 200 yards. 215, yeah. 230, 250. It's going to become a long iron competition, perhaps, um, mm. which is quite nice in a sense because you can really isolate those 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 ball strikers with those longer longer irons and longer approaches, um, especially, I mean, I, I could list them off to you. You've got all sorts of par fours, but I think there's six, maybe seven between 450 and 500, and a significant amount of those are 490, 480, even pushing 520 in a couple of them. So... You're definitely looking at those those assured ball strikers for for the longer approaches. It's not going to be a hit and giggle like last week. We know that much already. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've prioritised kind of looking at those longer approaches, uh, definitely over 200 yards, but also looking at par threes between 225 and 250, um, and then those really long approaches. Uh, so par fives over 550, I've looked at. Um, quite a little bit of stats there, as well as par fours anywhere between 450 plus, um, getting into 500. And what's quite nice is that I felt vindicated when I had an idea of the, the makeup of player that I wanted. And when those names start to pop up, when you look at those top 20s, top 30s in those different metrics, it starts to form or to go back over the idea of the player that I think is going to win here. Um, obviously, the the green complexes are going to be interesting. Um, I am fascinated to see how they play because I know in theory how they're going to play having looked at the flyovers and stuff um, and there's not going to be that that US Open style where it catches the ball around the green um, like we see it at Wingfoot and at, at API and places like that. It looks like because of the nature of the greens, uh, they're smaller than average, they've got quite severe slopes and runoffs um, and I've heard a few 
um, a few stories about some fun pin placements perhaps this week. Um, so you end, you're going to end up missing greens. Um, so regardless of who you are, you're going to need a short game. And what I quite like about about courses like this is it's going to need a proper short game. We're not we're not going to be full swinging flop shots from from six eight inches a rough. It's going to be catching it off tight lies, perhaps from maybe twenty yards away, thirty yards away if you've caught mm. the runoff, and um, perhaps to some raised greens. So. It's going to be a true test if you miss greens and everyone's going to miss greens as much as you want your greens in regulation, men. Just the nature of the beast. People are going to be missing greens. So it's almost like a, a creatives course for me around the green because you're going to have to be a thinking golfer when you're going to be pitching it in from 25, 30 yards, maybe even as far as 50 if you catch the wrong runoff, which perhaps opens it up to the the artist golfers, if you will, I'm sure you can imagine who I'm thinking of. Um, yeah. Those sorts of players. Um, and at the same time, though, you're going to need to hit it far off the tee because it is so long. And we've seen however many times at the US Open, at the PGA, you just need to get it out there to compete these days. Unless you are an absolutely magician around the greens or on the greens, you're going to need to give it a belt uh, to give yourself a chance. So driving distance has come into it. Approach as always. Um, but yeah, I've looked at lots of different metrics and then obviously scrambling is going to be important. But I try to isolate scrambling um, into little sections of rather than just from the fringe or or pitching on those 16, 17, 20 foot pitches to look more between 10 and 20, 20 and 30, even 30 plus for how good players are at getting up and down that are going to be field shots with a perhaps a, a lob wedge or a 54 off a tight lie. So yeah, interesting. I, I kind of had an idea looking down the odds board. Um, I'm going to talk about one of the golfers that you've picked afterwards because he was the last man off my list, and I thought I might be the only person in the world who might have put him up. Um, but apparently not. We we are thinking along the same lines, which is always quite nice. Okay, that's good. I yeah, I do uh, stand with what you say about the uh, the golf course has got very good reviews from the players uh, and Max Homer has said he's only he only played nine holes the other day and he was absolutely blown away by it uh, and and a lot of other golfers are giving rave reviews to the course so obviously it's um, it's firm you know tough but fair from what I understand it's quite an undulating course it's not like an Augusta where the the um, the pitches and falls are uh, the elevations are are quite so severe but it is always undulating and so you are often going to be playing a ball from below your feet or above your feet. As you say, the runoffs on the greens are quite quick and and uh, and quite uh, tight in their lives. So there is a, there's a expect there to be a few kicks that may be a little bit unlucky. Uh, and so golfers are going to have to learn to cope with that over this course because it looks and feels by the sound of it that, uh, you know, unless you put your ball exactly uh, where it needs to go, it could kick off to anywhere. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very interested to see uh, what happens, uh, you know, on this course on the first couple of days. But it sounds like a wonderful course. It's been around since about the 1930s. It's held it's held a bunch of majors. So, you know, it, uh, it's held major US Opens and PGAs down the years. So it's you know, it's so it's got a good pedigree. This course. It's obviously been, uh, you know, well designed and redesigned over the years. Yeah, as and as you said, Matt, seven thousand five hundred odd yards. Depending on whether they, apparently they can push it out to about seven six or seven seven uh, if they wanted to, but they reckon about seven five is about where it's going to be, uh, give or take on the tees on any given day. That's no joke for a par seventy. 
so um, yeah, that was definitely a factor in my thinking as well. Um, and, and as we talked about just before, even the par fours and par threes are, are, are um, not for the faint-hearted. So yeah, it, I also was thinking, okay, I need someone. I need players here that can get it out. That can that can be nice and uh, nice and consistent, and, and 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 can drive at three hundred yards plus. But can also, um, you know, have a now. And the other thing is, there's quite a few doglings on this course, so you've you got to have a player that can play it both left and right. So you can you know, shape it both left and right. So it's going to be. Um, I think all skills are going to be on demand here, um, which is good. That's what a major should be. And uh, so, you know, it'll be really interesting. Something before I go, I'm going to, I'll start off with my picks. Before I do, though, uh, I just saw that the uh, one of the feature groups has been put up, um, Rory McIlroy, Tiger Woods and Jordan Spieth. What do you think? That's a reason to be off work on Thursday if ever I've seen one. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I don't mind that as long as they don't spend the, the day talking about Tiger's legacy and how it's a miracle he's back and all that. I just can't. I don't want to listen to that. I just want to watch them play golf. And uh, and, and I want to see, you know, the, the three of them out there playing together. Jordan Spieth's in good form. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, and, Rory, I thought, and let's talk about Tiger for a second, Matt. You and I both said there's not a shit show that that guy um, uh, goes close in Augusta, and uh, for the first couple of days I was kind of panicking a bit <laughs> because I thought, "Jesus, I'm going to I'm be made to look a fool here because he was looking very, very good." But then fatigue set in, and and his and his, and his body caught up with him, and and all of that, and he kind of fell away, much to my relief. Um, but I was very impressed by that, uh, and I think that um, he's not without a shout for this week, you know. Yeah, I mean, the humble pie was in the oven, wasn't it, after round one? It was, it was. Tiger. Yeah. I mean, he is Tiger Woods after all. Maybe it was silly of us to write him off. I mean, I still can't have him. Um, no, no, I can't then, either, if but... You only think, what, a year ago, um, I wanted nothing to do with Phil Mickelson at 300 to 1 either. So stranger things have happened. Yeah, um, yeah. But... No, no, I think uh, he's got a good chance uh, this week. I, I I gave him absolutely no show with Augusta and and was vindicated, thank God, in the end. But um, but I don't I don't not give him no show this week. I, I think he's got a show. Uh, I don't I don't have him, but I but I think he you know he could have a show. Uh, and and I'll be I'll be interested to see that three ball over the first couple of days. And interestingly enough, they've put them out nice and early on the Thursday as well, like nine o'clock on Thursday morning. So yeah. if it is, uh, and apparently the wind kicks up in this, uh, this is in Tulsa, Oklahoma, the Southern Hills course. And apparently the, you know, the old, uh, in that part of the world, the wind does kick up. And, uh, and if they get away uh, early in the morning before the afternoon winds kick up, they could have, they could get the best of the conditions and go out and one or two of them could, yeah, could go very low. Yeah, no? big win bias by the looks of it. Um, yeah, they, I, yeah, I put my golfers on just today before the tee times came out. I've just had a quick look to see where I've ended up, but the yeah, um, yeah the wind finder for Tulsa at the moment is literally just a mountain, and it kind of AM should be fine. PM on Thursday is going to be a little bit windy, but Friday morning will be brutal um, by the looks of it. If you've got an early Friday morning tea time, you might be in serious bother. Um, oh, is that right? Yeah, and then it eases for um, for the PM on Friday. I'm, I'm, I've got currently locked into um, Use Golf Facts um, Twitter account to see if they've got any opinions on on Tiger and Speed getting a nice easy draw to get Tiger's recovery in um, and then give them the, the bit of the bias with the wind as well. I'm sure there's a conspiracy about that. Yeah, probably. Okay, so I'm going to go off uh, uh, from my, my picks, uh, first of all. Uh, so, uh, first of all, I love uh, 
Hideki Matsuyama. Um, he's currently 22 to 1 with Star Sports. I was just massively impressed with Matsuyama's game last week, Matt. I, and I have been impressed with him for the last few weeks. Uh, um, he hasn't been playing a hell of a lot lately, but whenever he's out, he's looking sharp. And he looked really good last week at, at, the, at the Byron Nelson. Uh, I, I thought he, he shapes the ball very well. He's putting very well. He looks extremely um, confident over the ball. Uh, and uh, he looks like a man who is con- in complete control of his game. I don't think uh, any any course kind of holds any fears for Matsuyama. He's got no problem with length, uh, and he can, uh, as I say, he can he can chip and scramble well as well. So I'm, uh, and he looks. And one thing with he can run very hot and cold with that putter of his, but he's looking pretty hot right now. And I thought um, twenty two to one for uh, for Matsuyama. Uh, I thought was you know I think it's probably can, I think you could probably get him better early in the week before a few golfers dropped out. But um, still, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm all over Matsuyama. I think he's um, he's uh, he's my top cab off the rank. My second pick is Max Homer. Uh, I was you haven't watched much golf, Matt. I I've been watching it religiously, uh, Matt. And I tell you what, last week at the the week before last at the Wells Fargo Championship, I've never been so confident. I I, I don't generally bet too many golfers in play, but I was so confident by Max Homer's. Um, metronomic swing. Uh, he was in the last group with Keegan Bradley at the eight, at the Wells Fargo, and he just looked in such a groove and in, in such a beautiful tempo. I thought this guy wins, and I, I ran out and just stuck money on him. It, not, I think I got him at two seventy five or three three to one or something like that, and it was and it was money for old rope. He just absolutely was pelting it down the middle and just in the zone. And what was really interesting about him afterwards was he, he just said, I just feel really comfortable. I'm very confident. I, I, I know exactly uh, you know, how, how to get it around. I'm, I'm feeling really good with my game. The guy's inside the top 30 in the world now, Matt. He's no joke, this Max Homer. And I, and I think that uh, you know, I've got him at 50 to 1 with Star Sports here this weekend. I think uh, he's, he's ready to, to, to get into major territory. And I think he could pick a major up at some stage. Uh, and, and I think why not this week? Because I tell you what, mate, if he's carrying any of that form from Wells Fargo two weeks ago, he is going to be a very dangerous man uh, because he looked absolutely rock solid. There was, and, and what was so impressive about his driving game was he, he just the swing was exactly the same every time and it was lovely and long and languid and he just was booming it. And I just thought, Okay, this guy is in real, real nice form. So I, I just think he's great money at fifty to one for the, uh, for, for this. And I think uh, the fact that he's loving his life and loving his, and, and loving his kind of, he believes in himself. So I think he, I think he can, I think he can go very close if he gets away to a right start. And I think that's going to be, as you say, wind and weather dependent. My next pick is Cam Smith. Um, I hate his odds, but I can't, I can't go without Cam Smith. Because, as you said, Matt, earlier about artistry and being able to shape the ball and chip and scramble and and just be able to and putt and do everything that uh, a major winner has to be able to do. Well, we know Cam Smith can do all of those things. Uh, and he's sneaky long, too. He, you know, he can get it out over the 300-yard mark when he has to. Uh, and I, 
I, you know, I, he owes me nothing. He's won for me a good couple, a good few times over the last couple of years, uh, and he run a number of places for me too. He owes me absolutely nothing, and I just think he's due um, to win that major. It's not a matter of if with Cam Smith, it's a matter of when. And uh, and and he's in just such good form. He's won the TPC recently, and uh, and I and I think why not? But I hate his odds. Uh, and. My last couple, uh, um, I've, I've used to do four, but I'm gonna, since I won last week, I'm going to give myself five. Um, Lanto Griffin, he's currently 200 to one with Star Sports. I've been watching Lanto Griffin lately. Uh, he's had a bit of a bit of a choppy run of form in the last few weeks, but that started to turn around at Mexico. In the Mexico Open, he finished tied for 15th. But what I really made me sit up and take notice about Lanto Griffin was the week after at Wells Fargo, it was at that TPC Potomac, and it was an absolute downpour for about three or four days. I think the three of the four days, it pissed down, and and it was brutal for everyone. And Lanto Griffin went out and shot some some silly. Um, I think his third round was crazy good, and uh, and he ended up finishing in the tie for sixth. And he was miles back after the first couple of rounds, and he, he came home with a wet sail um, to finish in a tie for sixth. Uh, and he just uh, he just looked uh, to me like a golfer. He's, he's he's turned that corner. He's upward trending. He's gone from fifteenth to sixth. Now, okay, last week at the Byron Nelson, he finished in the tie for fit, the tie for fifty first, which is okay. It's not where he was, but it's still not bad. Uh, and uh, and I'm really I just think at two hundred to one for Lanto Griffin, uh, a guy that uh, he's pretty measured and calculated in his game. Uh, and uh, I'm not sure he's got the artistry and the shop shapes that some of these other guys have got, but it, I just think at 200 to one, I think uh, he, he represents good value just because he just looks like he's running into some form. Um, and uh, and I and I like and I, and he also plays tough courses as well. I've noticed that about him. He whenever there's tough courses around in majors, Lanto Griffin seems to pop up and, and be around and abouts. And my last pick is um, Ryan Fox. He's currently at two hundred to one with Star Sports. And the reason I picked Ryan Fox, uh, my uh, fellow Kiwi, is because this last five starts he has finished this year in the European Tour. He has finished first, tied fifteenth, tied ninth, tied. Eighth tied second, and he actually should have won at the Sudal Open uh, last week. Uh, uh, Sam Horsfield won. Ryan Fox at one stage had a three-shot lead, and he kind of threw it away by being a bit too casual, I think. Uh, but um, I'm going to forgive him that because he's an absolute. As I say, he's an absolutely form of his life at the moment. One thing about Ryan Fox, uh, don't worry about him for driving distance. This guy hits it an absolute country mile. So there's going to be no problems for Ryan Fox getting it out in these 600 and 500-yard par fours and 600-yard par fives and 200-yard par threes and all that. There's no problem with him at all. He's, he's built like a brick shithouse. So he's he can hit it for miles, and, 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 uh, and he's a good ball striker too. He doesn't quite probably have the touch around the greens that some of these guys have got, but for two hundred for one, I, I, I and and the fact that he's a Kiwi and a major, I'm just he's a bit of a speculator for me and having a bit of fun with him. But uh, why not? So those are my picks, Matt. What about you? Yeah, very nice, Craig. Um, before I, I go on to mine, um, a word for Ryan Fox from me. Um, I I'll be honest when I did my initial data look he was a shorter price than he is now and I turned it down a little bit because the best I could see was about 150 175 yeah. um, I was on a couple of the data websites and I mean a confession from me I'm not a hundred percent sure how the algorithm figures out how the data from the PGA tour feeds into the euro tour and they get kind of like a 
everyone on the same playing field, if that makes sense, to adjust yeah. it. But yeah. that said, Ryan Fox on the PGA Tour would be the third longest on tour, um, just after Cameron Champ and someone else. Um, so that tells you enough about how far he hits it. And actually, yeah. in the last three months, according to, to Data Golf, who I have absolutely no concern about being more intelligent than me in terms of stats, he would rate out as the sixth best approach player in this field um, based on his last few appearances, which tells you absolutely enough about a, a more than a three-figure shot, right? Anything you want, really. Um, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm not... I'm absolutely going to go and back him for a few quid once we get off this call. Um, and like I say, yeah, it makes me even um, even happier that you've picked him out, despite maybe being a little bit partisan due to the uh, the, the Kiwi connection. Um, but yeah, Ryan Fox, absolutely, why not? In this field at that price, I quite like it. Yeah, I, I, I watched him last week, Matt, at the Sudal Open, uh, watched him in his final round, uh, and uh, he had it on the string. He, he, he was doing anything he liked with it. And uh, it's only because he kind of, I think he just lost, Lost a little bit of focus and uh, towards the uh, second half of the of the of the round and 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 left a little door open for Horsfield to to come on through and uh, and what have you. But the point being, I I wouldn't I wouldn't have backed him if I didn't see that round and thought, man, this guy is just he's playing out of his skin at the moment. So yeah, I, I would say it's not not a bad idea to go and chuck a couple of quid each way on the guy um, at 200 to one. I think you'll, he, if he gets away to a good start and he gets the breaks with the weather, he could be good value. Yeah, definitely. It seems like a, a confidence golfer too, because I'm, I'm sure I've got very clear memories of him. He does chuck it in once he's five over through Thursday afternoon. But yeah. like you say, he's strung yeah. a few together now. So, so why yeah. not? Um, on to mine then. Um, my, my favourite bet of the week, or, or was my favourite bet of the week before he's the only one of my golfers on the wrong side of the weather draw, um, is Joaquin Neiman. Um, and I'm, he's no stranger. I'm sure you've heard me talk about Neiman an awful lot. But I just, I think he's perennially undervalued by the bookies based upon his stats. Um, and he seems to be, we know how golfers go from being fashionable after his win at Riviera to, to not playing that much and maybe not being on the tip of people's tongues uh, when they come to think about contenders. But similar to Fox, he is prodigious off the tee. Um, he's only a young boy, so he can't half swing it. Um, and he's had iron play for a long time now. Um, his iron play has been in the upper echelons of the PGA Tour for a while. But the thing that's that's turning me on to Wacky Neiman is, for one, his his short game, both around the green and on the green, has been an upwards curve for an awful long time now, to the point where over the last three months, he's in the top 10 in the world um, in his short game. Um, and that putter does work, so his scrambling figures are actually really good too. He's not only getting up and down, but he's hauling the putts uh, once he once he does get onto the green. Um, it's out really well in my scrambling metrics from from twenty to thirty, ten to twenty, and over thirty. He's kind of in he's in the top twenty in all of those metrics, which tells me if you do miss greens, which he doesn't do a lot of, he is going to be able to get to get himself up and down. Um, but more than that, if you want one man on the par fives this week, it's Neiman. He rates out number one um, on the PGA Tour for par fives over 550 yards. Um, okay. And, and number two on par fours between 450 to 500. So, I mean, my love for Neiman anyway, um, combined with that really solid game makeup, distance off the tee, and scoring in all the right places in terms of the metrics and the sorts of holes he's going to be playing, makes me really like him. There is a bit of a doubt um, with that PMAM draw. We don't know how extreme it's going to be. Um, obviously, we've seen it at US Opens, definitely in PGAs in the past. Sometimes it can be quite pointed, that draw. So I'm hoping it doesn't He doesn't do too much damage. But 40-1, to 1, um, he is available at 45s, but I've took 40 to get a couple of extra places. 
Um, yeah, Wacken Neiman, my favourite bet of the week, bar the weather bias. Okay. Number two, um, you've talked about him a little bit already, so I'm not going to go into into reams of detail. Is Hideki um, and Matsuyama? Like you say, he's he's not played a lot lately, and there has been whisperings of an injury. I think he played injured at the Masters, um, understandably, because um, he would have been absolutely desperate to defend, given his heroics there the year before. But he's just he's just a really good golfer these days. Um, he's one of the most consistent in terms of all-round game for me um, on the PGA Tour. He just doesn't have a weakness in his game. Um, Hideki, with his irons, when he's on form... Is, is one of the best in the world. Um, yeah. he, he peppers flagsticks and he's not afraid to go at anything. Um, he's long enough. He's not super long off the tee, but he's in the top 50 on tour, so he's going to be able to crank it out there. And he is one of those golfers that when he needs it, he can get an extra 10 um, and really crank one. Um, we know how he is scrambling. His short game's immaculate. There is that putting thing that's kind of in my mind, but Bent Green's, I hope that it won't be an enormous issue. And like you say, he's shown plenty of form lately. In, in, in little flashes and not for sustained periods, but that's the reason he's thirty to one and not twenty to one. So you're kind of buying that when you when you when you back Hideki at a longer price than the likes of Cam and Cantley and Colin, because um, I think his game's just as good when he's on form. Yeah, I, I think he's underrated by the book. Like you think, Neiman's underrated by the bookies, which I agree. I think he is, and I think Matsuyama's underrated by the bookies. And I'll tell you something as well. Uh, you don't need to worry about any injury. He was prime uh, fit last week he he was swinging for the rafters last week and not a not a not an inch of any kind of favoritism or or or, or pain or anything he is he's super fit so i think whatever whatever fit, fitness or problem he had it's it's past him very yeah. nice to hear very nice to hear because it always is a bit of a doubt because i mean he likes the odd withdrawal doesn't he um, yeah. But yeah, absolutely fine um, with with him being back healthy. And I think he's got as good a chance as any. Um, yeah. It's pretty much turning into a friends and family card, this. But my next man is going to be Gary Woodland. Gary Woodland, because oh, he is Gary Woodland, and I need to remember that. But also, he's Gary Woodland, US Open champion. And oh. I think we talked a lot about Woodland when we were, we were doing more regular pods earlier in the year, didn't we? When he was just coming back to form. Um, yeah. Yeah. Price is a hell of a lot shorter than he's going off this week, despite him kind of showing me he's maintained those figures now for an awful long time. Um, you don't need to worry about Woodland and his power off the tee. Absolutely no dramas there. Uh, yeah. His his approach play has been good for a long time. He's number 26 on tour in the last uh, three months, which which I don't mind at all. Um, and he scores quite well in those metrics that Neiman does. Not quite at the top of the rankings, but par five is over 550. Par four um, efficiency between 450 and 500. He's in the top 20, the top 30 in those. So I quite like that he's going to like the sorts of holes. And I like Gary Woodland with a long iron. I think he's one of the better players on tour. Um, I wish you could kind of get uh, four iron, three iron stats um, isolated. But when he steps over a long par three and you really need to get a precise pin, I like Gary Woodland in that situation. I think a three-figure price is absolutely more than fair. Um, he's available, I think, at one two fives. But again, I've took the ten places, so I've only took a hundred. He's got a good win draw, um, so I quite like Woodland. And I was surprised he actually rated out quite well in the short game metrics I looked at. Um, he was twenty-eighth on tour between ten and twenty, and over thirty yards getting up and down. Um, he's number sixteen, which. You'd expect those to be the numbers for, for golfers kind of between 30 and 50 to 1, not for 100s plus. So I, I like Gary Woodland this week, especially at that price. And that's, a, that's, inc that's an incredible price for Gary Woodland. 
Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was very, very surprised, especially because he is, he's been there and he's done it. Um, we know how well he played at Pebble when he won that US Open. But yeah. if he gets there, he's not going to be one backing away. He's kind of that name value where you see a couple of those others who maybe aren't as experienced, even if they were playing well earlier in the week. I mean, you're looking around that price at, at Seamus Power, at Davis Riley, at, even yeah. at Harold Varner. If he gets there, other players are going to be looking at him rather than if you get you know, Harold Varner there, he's going to be looking at the rest of the field thinking who's coming to get me. So yeah. and maybe yeah. that's me making excuses and trying to convince myself, but it's enough for me to back him at that price, definitely. Yeah. Um, next one is slightly shorter than Woodland. It's going to be Cam Young. Um, again, Cam Young kind of jumped out of every stat I looked at. And truth be told, I'm still not sure he's ready for this level of title. And I kind of did my... Um, my, my, my mechanic that I use when I'm trying not to back someone because of their name, I just, you've got to tell, get rid of the name. If these were the stats of that player and you didn't see Cam Young and it was Will Zalatoris next to it, I'd be backing it without a second thought at the price. So I'm kind of doing that. And, and Cam Young's a young boy, right? He's had some success and I think he's open to more success. He is absolutely long enough off the tee. Top 10 on tour, which is no uh, no mean feat these days. It's about 320, I think, on the fly, which is absolutely fine. His approach play is okay um, and improving, getting a bit better. But what made me smile the most is his short game is top 10 on the PGA Tour. And these are stats, again, that I'm churning out and I didn't expect his name to be sat next to them when I got there. Um, so it for me, he's... A bit of an unknown quantity, because I think under pressure, the flat stick can win a little bit, but he is typically a good putter. And again, he scores really well on longer par fours. He scores well enough on long par fives. All of these things, combined with the fact that he's played really well at some quite elite courses, tells me that he might manage it in the mix um, with some of these much bigger names. So I quite like, I don't mind him at 80-1. to 1. I was kind of hoping for a, a three-figure price, because he's not yet a household name, but... I'm absolutely fine to take it at 80s, eight places. So Cam Young, um, the fourth one off my rank. He's also got an AMPMT time, um, which should get him in the better half of the wind draw. And the last one, it's kind of an absolute flyer, to be honest. Um, available at 350 to one in a place, um, but I've took him 300 to one, 10 places. It's Troy Merritt. And truth be told, when I sat down with a laptop, Craig, I did not think I'd be coming out with Troy Merritt. No. <laughs> one of my... I, I don't think I've heard those words pass your lips in all the time we've done a podcast together. No. I'd, I mean, he's come close a few times because he's, <laughs> you know what? Troy Merritt is one of those golfers. I don't know if you've got one who he's always in my mind. And that's a weird thing to say because he's not a household name. But he's always someone I look out for when he's on TV. And he's yeah. always someone like, you know, when you see him at the top of the leaderboard, you half kick yourself going, I always think of you. You never quite hit the stats, but why am I not putting you up? And I, I'm not even sure why that is. Um, I think it's that he's a streaky player. And sometimes when he's on, he really is. And that's definitely with a putter and with his approaches as well. Um, but ultimately, I can't quote any stats at you, Craig. Um, not in terms of the general ones anyway, with approach play and distance, because truth be told, he's not that long. His approaches haven't been brilliant and his short game is bang average. However, um, he does have some good numbers in terms of those those longer par fives, longer par threes and par fours uh, between 450 and 500, as well as his approaches over 200 yards. So I'm kind of just hoping that the course fits his eye, I guess. Um, he's number one on the PGA Tour, but par threes between 225 and 250, which should come oh, in useful. Jesus Christ, I would never have said that. 
Yeah, me either. Because of his lack of length off the tee, I was surprised that he scored quite so well in the scoring metrics. Um, I think he's about 16th, 17th on tour of those par fives over 550 as well, as well as being like top 40 approaches over 200. But when you think, he's no, he's a long way away from top 40 in this field in the odds board. So it's kind of a field play, truth be told. But Troy Merritt, why not? A bit of a speculator, yeah. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like we always say, we're not here to tip out favourites. Anyone can do that. We're here for, for, to find out a bit of value. So, um, okay, Matt, thanks for that. That's a great card that you've gone through. And I'm sure, you know, as you say, you've got a, you've done some pretty good reasoning there and there's some definitely some value in there for anyone who's listening and thinking, who can I stick a lazy tenor on? Then between my picks and Matt's picks, Hopefully we've found you one or two that you can think, oh, yeah, there's a bit of value there for a bit of an each-way play and then you got involved for the weekend and perhaps involved for a good win at the, you know, the end or at least some decent place money, and that's what we're trying to do. Um, okay, just uh, two questions to finish uh, the podcast. First of all, um, let's just go to the top of the market, you know, the John Rams and the Shefflers and the Joss and Thomases and the ones that we, you know, they're great players, we love them, but we tend to avoid them because they're just not worth it. But... Um, I mean, listening to what we're saying about this course and what have you, um, you know, your McElroy's, your Rams. I mean, John Ram should should be strong here, shouldn't he? He should. He should. Yeah. But we have to remember. Not it was. He's won in Mexico, obviously, but he he, he slapped a very very poor field, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, that, that was. Yeah, there was yeah. many many golf bettors that were very very frustrated with John Ram. Um, mainly because he just wasn't holding the putts. And although you're not going to have to put necessarily as well as another tournament here, yeah, you still do have to hold your fair share. And I don't know about you, there's something about when you get to a major, anyone that's 12 to 1 and under, I kind of just turn myself off to. If yeah, they- me too. That's exactly what I do. I just I just say, nope, I just, there's no way. I'm just yeah. not going to take Even, it. Yeah. I mean, you look at the past winners of the PGA, right? The Apart from... Uh, Jimmy Walker that was not so long ago and then Phil last year everyone's been kind of between that 20 to uh, 18 to 1 and, and 30 40 50 to 1 there's not yeah. been any real real short ones I guess since well since Tiger that used to win them all the time yeah that's um, true no there hasn't been any real short price favorites in terms of um any of the majors in the last little while Colin Morikawa um, at the open was well, he wasn't I don't think he was, was 20s, even that short yeah he was in the 20s and he was he in the of, 20s yeah if yeah gonna win they're gonna win and they're welcome yeah. to but how much are you gonna have, you have to bet too much for me on those that, that, that's yeah. yeah that's the thing that's the thing that's that's the whole raison d'etre behind this thing a, a podcast is to find stuff you know bets that you don't have to put the mortgage on mortgage the house on to, to actually you know have a bit of a play you know you can put five or ten bucks on twenty bucks um you know ten each way five each way on something and 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 potentially get a good return but yeah and another question um phil mickelson withdrawing um and the whole lov kind of thing uh, saga goes on uh, what are your thoughts of of how that's developing matt and I was listening to a couple of podcasts on it earlier in this week when I was trying to get back into golf mode, and I kind of echo some of the thoughts I heard on there. Really, I need something to happen. I'd, I'm not, I've not really enough any further on in my thinking. Um, yeah. I worry yeah. about some quotes from Rory that I read earlier on today or yesterday around him perhaps saying he was a little bit hasty and saying it was dead in the water, which I find absolutely fascinating. Um, yeah, I think yeah. it's it's gonna have to be something. And I don't know what it's going to be, Craig. I need more from it to actually see whether it's going to be, whether it's going to do anything or it's just going to have a couple of events and disappear off the face of the earth. I think when 
when your strongest pulls in terms of world stature in golf are a Sergio Westwood, Kokrak, Poulter. I, I mean, you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle to get enough people. I think the premise as it's on a you know what, I dislike that we're talking about it as a golf tournament rather than how abhorrent it is. Um, but even the premise as a golf tournament, I would get bored of watching WGCs every week. And it's going to be WGCs, but even smaller fields. Yeah. As a betting medium, which was, let's face it, one of the main reasons that we all watch golf. Yeah. It's going to be a non-starter for me because you're going to have to be backing everyone at less than 10 to 1 if you want a winner in those fields. Yeah, um, yeah. So, I, I found it very interesting that Ricky Fowler uh, has now sort of said, uh, "Oh, yeah, no, I, I, I could, you know, I, I think, you know, there's definitely case for it, and uh, he's definitely starting to wander <laughs> that way." Ricky because, Fowler selling himself out for some advertising, never. Yeah, surely not. Um, and also, I mean, he hasn't had a decent paycheck in about uh, two, two or three years, so I think he's thinking, "Should I'm a father now, and I've, I've got to try and make a bit of money?" And uh, I thought it was very interesting that the the interview Lee Westwood gave on. Um, where he's basically said I'm a contractor and, uh, and and I've got to work you know I want to work for the best money I can and 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 it did it yeah I, as you say it's pretty abhorrent uh, in a lot of in a lot of ways but there's also a lot of people who look at that and go yeah I can understand that because uh, you know you've got to make it while you can well, and yeah, we, uh, you we know. tried at the time didn't we if it gets offered to you then you yeah, have to make yeah. a decision. I think in a, yeah. in a perfect moral world, right, all the golfers think of that and go, no, because if, if we all do it, people are going to think it's okay and then it becomes accepted practice, which is the whole premise of sports washing, right? Yeah, but ultimately, yeah. you offer it to enough people, enough people are, I mean, in life, you have to look out for yourself, right? No one else is going to. So no. I have absolutely yeah. no issue, to be fair, with individuals saying, you know what? I cannot turn that down. Maybe yeah. I can take issue with the Polters who's set up for life and needs nothing from no one because yeah. a very, very, very rich man. I feel differently maybe about, um, I was reading earlier this week around how the PGA perhaps put in a ban on even amateur golfers, college golfers saying, if you do this, there is no acceptance for you onto tour or onto Q school. Or, yeah. Or that. That's yeah. A, I mean, it's it's a choice someone has to make probably when they're too young to really be wise enough to make the choice about they're getting offered, I don't know, 400 grand in college to go and be a make up a team on the bottom end of the, the live golf, whatever. Yeah, I, I think there's some strong arm tactics being shown by the PGA at the yeah. moment. And I'm I think not they sure. Have to. That... I think Jay Monaghan's job is, is almost impossible here because he has to stop this because if he doesn't, he's going to end up getting turfed out. But also, yeah. there's going to be all sorts of bureaucracy and litigation. So if he does stop it and it's deemed to be illegal, then he also gets turfed out. So it's a catch-22, isn't it? But It is, I yeah. think the first events will tell us a lot about what's going to happen from this point and if it will ever get more interest from the tour. Um, obviously, Tiger's come out in his interview before the PGA and been quite damning of, of Live Golf and said that he absolutely is um, a PGA Tour um, purist and, and will we'll kind of push that. Um, as far as he possibly can, but fascinating. Yeah. And it is, yeah. I thought it was very sad that Phil's pulled out of the PGA Championship. Matt, what did you think about that? Uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't think Phil needs anyone to feel sorry for him, but I do feel sorry for him. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if I feel sorry for, for him. I actually feel sorry for the tournament. I, I, I just think it's sad that he's. And I don't. I'm, to be honest, I don't. A lot of people have some pretty strong views on Phil and all that. I don't I really. I, I, look, we're all, none of us are perfect. And, uh, you know, we're all got our flaws and that sort of thing. So, uh, look, has Phil done everything well? No, not no, probably not. But 
I just I just don't think it's uh, cause to to. I mean, they've, they've it. Very much... he, he won in such a wonderful way. He won it last year. It wouldn't it be it'd just be nice for everyone to say well done on last year and come back as the defending champion. That that would be nice. But I'm I'm sad yeah, to see that I that's think... not going to happen. I, I I really hope that that this doesn't kind of kind of soil Phil's reputation in the sport because oh. let's face it, he is an absolute great at the game. I feel like yeah. he's made himself a pariah to a point. Um, yeah, and he doesn't need people to feel sorry for him, but also people latched on so quick and that was kind of he was scapegoated and obviously he's been kind of like it's like banished from the golfing world or maybe self-banished and he will come back at some point and he will answer questions i feel like sometimes phil has had the worst of it because greg norman is just such a buffoon that you can't have a go at him because he either doesn't care yeah. or just is completely immoral to the point of i'm not talking about it never mind they're paying me um so i think because phil is a bit more human than that he's maybe getting most of the vitriol. Um, and I hope he comes back and I'm sure there's the Shipnook's book and stuff, isn't there, that's going to come out about... Yeah, that's done him no favours. I mean, I, I think $40 million in gambling debts, and, and some people say, and some, is 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 not probably doing Phil many favours either. Uh, you know, um, it has a bit of a stain on it, um, gambling to that kind of level. Uh, and I think, um, yeah, he's, uh, yeah, it, it's not a good, it's not a good situation for anyone. And, uh, and I hope, I hope it all kind of gets resolved, but I, I personally, I don't think it will. I think Phil will go off to this tour. He will be the kind of figurehead for the Saudi tour. As you said, Matt, how long this the first one they've got is in London and they're all going to be pulling up to the apparently going to be pulling up to the first tees in black London cabs. So it sounds as tacky as hell. Um, but, um, I mean, do you know what I quite liked when I heard they all have to wear team kits? Uh, can you can you imagine a furious looking Dustin Johnson if it comes to that alongside Phil and some some fresh out of college twenty one year old amateur all in the same kit? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, okay. And last question: um, the three ball, uh, Woods, McElroy, and Spieth. Uh, if I gave you a hundred bucks to put uh, on the winner on that three ball on Thursday, who would you put it on? You know my love for only one of those golfers, Craig. Jordan Spieth, three times and seven on Sundays. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's I tell in you some what, form as well. I didn't talk. He about is. It. He is in some form. He played very well um, at the Byron Nelson and was unlucky not to win. So I would be the same if you gave me a hundred quid uh, between the three of those. I'd be putting it on Jordan Spieth on that three ball on Thursday as well because I think he's playing good and he's got long. He's got a bit longer off the tee. He's added a bit of yardage and uh, and and that's not doing him any harm at all either. So so. Um, yeah, it'll be, be a fascinating uh, start to Thursday. So, well, I think that's enough for us. And uh, thank you very much for listening. Thanks to Star Sports for sponsoring us. And and, and thank you very much uh, to you, Matt. And uh, good luck, everyone, with your golf bets. And uh, we'll talk again afterwards and see how we went. Yeah, All good right. luck for the week, Matt. Congrats again on Cage. Enjoy your week. Thanks, mate. You too. Bye-bye. Yeah,